We're back. I said it first. Yep. Cut me off. I was waiting for it because I was going to say it. Welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here in the mansion live with... Jam and Jason. Jam and Jason, welcome back. How you doing, man? It's great to be back. Great to be back. Yeah, here you've been a little bit under the weather. Yeah, allergies kicking my butt. Yeah, it is that time of year, man. Yeah. But you feeling better? Feeling better. Grateful for this rain we're having now. I never thought I'd be grateful for rain, but... That's good. And we are sitting here recording live on Columbus Day. Is that right, Columbus Big Ugly? Day, man. That means financial institutions are closed. That means right. that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. That's good, because yeah. you and I have affiliations with financial institutions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jam and Jason, you uh, put your uh, comic business on hold for a day. That's right. You're, you know... Um, you, you are a comic connoisseur, you are, you're the man, you're the legend, but you were like, man, we need to talk some pro wrestling. That's right. Um, so we are going to do that. How you feeling, Big Ugly? You doing all right? Man, I'm doing good, the man. The new just, mansion? Yeah, I got the new mansion. just spent the weekend in Indiana. Um, and it, you know, it, got, it was weird coming back to Maryland because it was like really humid. Yes. And Indiana was like, you know, 60-something cool breeze, and I got back here. It's like, it is hot. It's tropical. <laughs> yeah. It's like crazy, but yeah, yeah, so it's good. everything's good, man. Good, man, and welcome back to the mansion, and we got to hit up your new mansion at some point Yeah, in time. man, we got to do it from the mansion. Yeah, I got a little studio set up. The Mansion 2 yeah. or the Mansion 2.0. Mansion 2.0, the 2.0 right, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate you hanging out with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We've been doing a lot uh, starting up in the summer and starting up in the fall, and we got a lot to talk about. So today, going to go over a few things. We're going to go over WWE No Mercy, which was a Raw pay-per-view by the WWE, which happened a couple weeks ago, and not even 24 hours removed from when we're talking right now, WWE hell in a cell, right? And that happened to SmackDown pay-per-view not even 24 hours ago, and we have not talked. We, we Every time we all come in the door to Mansion, we all be like, oh, this, all that, but like, no, we're going to wait and talk about yeah, it we didn't on talk about the podcast. We talked about one thing, and that's, what, yeah, we were talking about football. So we were talking about uh, the Ravens doing okay, the Cowboys not doing so good for you. Not not good at all, man. You know, uh, this point of season. Yeah, I've been see. I saw a lot of posts about Aaron Rodgers last night. Like, God bless Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if it was Aaron Rodgers' fault necessarily, but uh, you know, it's a team effort. And but I tell you, they were playing in AT and T Stadium where they had WrestleMania twenty two or thirty two, I should say. Just watching that last night because I needed to watch the Hell in a Cell match the first time where Shane McMahon did something crazy. But I digress. Yeah, we'll, we'll We're going to get into that. that. <laughs> 101,000 people, and I was one of them. So uh, so it, it's going to be fun. We were talking some football. We also talked about keeping 205 alive, yes. Jam and Jason. Hashtag keep 205 alive. Why don't you give us a lowdown real quick because we're going to talk about No Mercy. We're going to talk about Hell in a Cell. We're going to talk about NXT. But why don't you throw the lowdown on 205 Live? Well, the biggest development is Enzo Amore is a heel. Turned Heel time heel and a good heel. He, like, I mean, a very believable heel. He is a great heel because on the mic he is just very believable. And, and I mean, a good he, word for and, it. and the thing is, he's he's ripping the cruiserweight division apart because he's recognizing that in real life this two hundred five live hasn't been doing well, mm-hmm. and that it started improving once he got on the roster. Right. So mm-hmm. once again, you know, once you start bringing in that kind of reality into the storylines, it's like. Of course, all of the backstory surrounding Enzo Amore, right. about him like really being arrogant in the locker room. All the heat he's getting. He, right. He's super believable, man. Like, yes. It's, it's believable. 
And, it, and it's working, too. Uh, and as I mentioned, one thing we mentioned offline, that 205 Live and Enzo have main-evented Monday Night Raw two weeks in a row, the up the, the 11 o'clock hour. I mean, the 10 o'clock hour is really where the beef of the storyline, like the shield and everything, has been happening. We're going to be talking about that. But, you know, you got to cap off the show with a bang. And Enzo's been doing that. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think it's keeping 205 Alive, Jam and Jam? I do. I do. Yeah. I think it's great. I think... I still think they need to move the time. I think they need to break it away from SmackDown and not mm-hmm. have an error after SmackDown. And I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I'm going to come back around. You okay. guys remember, I don't know if you remember Big Ugly, but I know you remember back in the 90s, mid-90s. Yeah. Saturday morning was the prime time for wrestling. Right. Before Monday Night Raw. Before okay. Before Nitro and all. Absolutely. You'd wake up in the morning, you'd have WCW Pro, you'd have WCW Worldwide, WWE Superstar, or WWF Superstar right. at the time. So you had a good three-hour chunk of wrestling in the morning, and then at night you'd have WCW Saturday night. So why not release your new episodes of 205 Live 10 a.m. Saturday morning? See, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And record it before SmackDown. Before SmackDown, yes. Start the live event at 6.30, like they usually do. Right. You know, and then they can edit it all out and then play, do your SmackDown Live from 8 to 10. Right? And then you can release it, like you said, on Saturday morning. They release all the other stuff whenever they want to. Yeah. Like, you know, after Raw, Monday night, story time, after Tuesday, whatever, the May Young Classic. Um, they released NXT on Wednesdays, but they taped that ahead of time. Yeah. You know, for the most part. So why not? That's a great idea. Yeah, why not bring that to Saturday? And it is a Saturday morning cartoonish kind of a thing. That's where you want to yeah. see that kind of action when you wake up early in the Saturday morning, you know, or if you watch it live or on demand on the network. We're still pushing them, and right. I still exactly. haven't seen it. What the hell? Um, No, but that's great. And uh, Jam and Jason, you're going to keep 205 alive on this podcast. I am. Because keep it it alive. And another interesting development we talked a little bit about. Okay. Gentleman Jack Gallagher Ah. turned heel. Didn't see that coming. No, I know. He was was really over with the Mary Poppins umbrella and everything like that. Oh, he's crazy now. His expressions are great. He wrestled in his vest and his tie the other night in the wow. last episode. It was great. Oh, man. I got, I got to watch this because uh, I still haven't been watching 205 Live. It hasn't gotten to that point for me yet. <laughs> 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 but but I got to see this, man. Jack Gallagher is hill, man. You got to you wake up out. Saturday morning. Get your bowl of cereal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get your bowl of cereal. And then watch 205 Live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So if you're listening to this WWE Network, it's a new promotion scheme for you. It might work. It might get your viewership up on 205 Live, especially if you're giving it a chance. So keep it alive. Jamie and Jason, thank you for the rundown on that. Um, because, you know, we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. We don't say that enough anymore. Yeah, it's like it's don't. assumed, yeah. Yeah. but we only throw that in every once yeah, in a while. We got to get more consistent with We that. do. Dirty, ugly wrestling. And uh, we appreciate you all listening uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. There Can't forget TuneIn yeah. Radio. You know, like <laughs> us, follow us, subscribe to us. And I-, I keep saying this, and this is something that, you know, we talked about offline too. We're blowing up. Big Ugly, you know, because we keep putting those pictures out of the older podcasts and we keep releasing the new podcasts. We keep getting new listeners and those numbers just keep going up and up and up. Yeah, man. And I mean, that's what that pretty much the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast owes it to you because you are pretty much all things marketing well, for Dirty Ugly Wrestling. I, I am the social media <laughs> ambassador, as they would say. Oh. Violet taught me a lot yeah. from those days. Um, but I appreciate you. No, we got a Facebook page, you know, it's it's at Dirty Ugly, Dirty Ugly Wrestling on Facebook. We got a Twitter account. It's D-U-Wrestling. 
Wrestling Pod uh, at DU Wrestling Pod. You know, we still got the Gmail account, Dirty Ugly Wrestling at gmail.com. But the Facebook page, man, that's been good. And, and I've been able to share it on, you know, my personal page, on your personal pages. Yeah. Uh, you know, because every time you share and every time you comment, it goes back into the news feed. So it's great. And the numbers, and I just keep going back into the archives, and those numbers are blowing uh, up. Going that up. episode we had with the entire supremacy. Yeah. Is, that's like our largest podcast ever. That is. And it keeps going up and up and up. It's got several thousand partials, but nearly 400 four full downloads. And for an independent, wow. non what do you call it? Uh, non-sponsored, non-sponsored podcast. podcast. That's, That's pretty great. damn yeah. good. Yeah. So we appreciate you. And we thank all of our SoundCloud uh, subscribers too, because every time we put up a new podcast, we get more followers. Yes. So we thank you guys on yes. SoundCloud. Thank you the so home much. Base. The home base of Dirty Ugly Wrestling. And Jam and Jason, since you've come <laughs> on, you know, coming on doing these reviews of all these pay-per-views, uh, I'm telling you, you got a following out there too in, in the karaoke world, in the DJ world, in the comic world. Now so. in the podcast world. Now. <laughs> in the podcast world, it only makes sense. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's go into that. We appreciate you. Let's just just roll out. Now I'm gonna go back to No Mercy. This was a couple weeks ago. Uh, the SmackDown. I'm sorry, the Raw version of the pay per view. Let me go through the quick results and then just jump in with whatever you got. So Elias now down to one name. Elias still does the. Uh, the one silhouette in the ring and everything plays the guitar and you know makes up bad songs about the places that he's at. Uh, defeated Apollo Cruz uh, with Titus O'Neil, and then the next night on Monday Night Raw, um, Titus O'Neil faced Elias, and I, I believe Elias won that one too. So, you know, Elias been with them. Now, kicking off the show, the Intercontinental Championship, The Miz, who I still say is going to win the Royal Rumble. I know we're several months out. He's Man, so you're calling Miz for I'm the Royal Rumble? I'm calling the Miz. We need somebody different that has never won it. We need somebody that's kind of the underdog because he's not necessarily the main eventer, but he believes that he is. Hey, man. And he's, he's showing he's a, that he he's is. He's a top guy on Raw. He is a top says. guy. Yeah. What do you guys think about that while I throw that out there? The Miz. Miz. Can you believe it? If it happens, would you would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with it, man. I, I, think, I, I think I'm ready to see the Miz move up to that championship spot. And I think that more than ever, this is his time to do it. The Miz is on fire right now. He right. is the superstar, the A-lister of Raw. And I feel like he would actually excel in a universal championship role. I agree. And his wife is newly pregnant, Maurice. So she's off TV. So just about a few months after WrestleMania season is when she'd be giving birth. So this is the perfect time to push Miz to the moon, have him go all the way through WrestleMania. And then, of course, he'd be out for a little while. But... That, at that point, then he'd be that solid superstar main eventer where you don't have to have him on TV every week. But here's the other thing. Here's the other Everybody thing. is saying that it seems like WWE is moving towards a uh, Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns rematch feud for WrestleMania. Okay. So do you have that feud without a title? Because if, you, if you're putting Miz in that position, then either one or two things. Either one, you're just going to go with the Miz versus Brock Lesnar, which I don't... I don't really see that happening. I don't really know. They could know. make money out of that. With you all think the, so? I mean, the, the interviews and the, you know what I'm saying? That, I mean, that's true. Up to it. And, Between and, Heyman and, and Miz. Oh, that would be great, man. So, but, yeah. it, but if they're set on Reigns, then you end up with a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns matchup without a title being on the line. And which means that Lesnar's going to have to drop the title right. at some point. Like in a uh, three-way where he doesn't get beat or something right. like this. Yeah, which... You know, Lesnar versus Reigns again with no title on the line. It's like, uh, who cares? 
I mean, they could make uh, Heyman could sell anything to me. You know, yeah. they could make that make it again because the first time Reigns fe- faced Lesnar at WrestleMania, it was Reigns was the definite underdog, but you know WWE was pushing him down your throat, and Lesnar beat the crap out of him. Like literally beat the crap out yeah. of Jamie Jason. And now it's his contract. I want to go ahead. You no, know, I was just going to say Lesnar's contract's up around that time too, so maybe he'll put his career on the line rather than a title. That could be. That that yeah. yeah. You know he hasn't done that in a while, yeah. but yeah, his his contract is usually over. You know, right after WrestleMania season. Yeah, renegotiate. Yeah. So they need a reason for him to renegotiate. Now, Lesnar's been busting his ass. You know, no no foul language intended, you know, over the past. Getting the hell beat out of him by Strowman, getting the hell beat out of him by three people at SummerSlam. Um, I think he's doing real well. And especially going through all that Goldberg stuff where he basically put Goldberg over for six months. I mean, he deserves more. He deserves another contract. He deserves an extension. So what do you think, Jam and Jason? Do you think... Um, the Miz can hold that top spot in the WWE once again as he did before. Oh, better than before. Yeah, better, better than much, before. Much better than before. Yeah, he can do it. Before it was kind of granted to him because there was injuries and there was other things happening. Yep. But now, he now, now he's it. ready. Yes, right. It's not only that he's he earned it, but he's actually ready for it. I don't they, feel like his first run he was ready. Yeah, I was just going to say they made the mistake before where they kind of forced it, like they've been doing with the Marines and some right. of the other guys right, right. now. Gender. We'll get into that. Yes, we will. <laughs> oh, lordy. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, so that, that's a good... Uh, well, The Miz won and uh, retained his Intercontinental Championship against Kurt Angle's illegitimate son, Jason Jordan. Still feel like that's going nowhere. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sad because Jason Jordan is such a great talent, man. But, you know, it, it just makes you... It, you just feel bad for this guy because... He had such a great run with uh, American was it American American Alpha, Alpha. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with American Alpha. You know, they didn't give him a lot of time to get over on SmackDown before they were just like, all right, we're splitting you two. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because maybe they thought they saw some in Jason Jordan because technically they gave him a big storyline. Like being Kurt Angle's illegitimate son, like that's huge. You're being connected to Kurt Angle, you know. Right. So they see something in him. But, dude, I, I don't know if he just can't get himself over. I, I don't know what it is like, but... When he comes out, the fans they don't react to him, or they boo him, right? If at all, but it's a it's yeah. a light boo. You're, he's not getting any kind of reaction, he's right? And that's the worst part. At least if he got a Roman Reigns boo, it would be like <laughs> you know, or, or or die Rocky die. You know, it would, <laughs> at least he'd be getting some kind of reaction, like. But yeah, it's just nothing. Oh man, I tell you, it was a good match. It wasn't a bad match. I mean, you know, but it just didn't have any steam. There wasn't yeah. nothing to it because Jason Jordan. What do you think about Jason Jordan, Jamie Jason? Extremely talented, but this storyline is nothing. It's it's just going nowhere. Like you guys said, it's yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of it in the beginning because it was just too far fetched. Yeah, the reality era. This is the reality era. Come on, we know that that's not his son. You go on Wikipedia; it tells you everything right away. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Finn Balor once again. Um, against Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor wins. Now, this was man versus man, no demon, no anything. And this was actually a pretty decent match. It was better than the SummerSlam match, actually. SummerSlam match was more about Finn Balor reintroducing the demon. But uh, this match was okay. Finn Balor won, but the storyline is not over. Bray is still haunting Finn, and now Bray is teasing the Sister Abigail reveal. Finally, he's like, so you're going to meet Sister Abigail. Now, there's a couple of different versions here, guys, of the Sister Abigail. One, 
Could it be a female wrestler or another wrestler that's actually going to be teamed up with him and kind of run with him? Or is it going to be him introducing an alter ego just like Finn Balor does? That's the latest consensus. What do you guys think about this whole Finn, Bray, Sister Abigail thing? Jamie Jason, let's start with you. Are you saying Bray Wyatt dressed in drag? It could be <laughs> that something. Yeah, that's okay. something. I hey, mean, man, it could be. Yeah, we're, in that, we're, in that, yeah, we're in that time period, man, where that's like the... Uh, like that stuff is in, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of putting that that uh, I don't even know. I, don't know <laughs> I mean, do you guys yeah. see this going anywhere for any one of these characters at this point in time? But I, I said the match was great. I think it the was. match was really good. But do, do you see this feud or these characters going anywhere? Do they need to do something else? I feel like they did it backwards, though. I think you guys mentioned this previously, but it should have been man versus man first. Then man versus demon or something. Yeah, right. Yes. Like Lead up little... to the demon. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was something that you said, uh, Big Ugly. Like the, it, the big demon reveal was for SummerSlam for that big right. show, you know, because yeah. that's yeah. the second biggest show to WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is, you know, you do the man versus man first, right? And then, I don't know, maybe you do another man versus man because I think they had, they already had a one on one matchup before he did the demon thing. Yeah. So it's like, maybe he does man. And then it's like, all right, I can't get past this guy. Until I unleash something else in me, which is finally the demon, right. and then he comes out with the win. But it's like, all right, so you you do the demon thing, and then he he won, right? And then it's like, oh yeah, but now we're going to fight again, man versus man. <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> why? It is kind of going backwards. And I didn't really, I wasn't really a fan of the match at SummerSlam, but the match, it seems like the story's backwards, but the matches are going in good succession. Like the matches are getting better each time. Agreed. So now, if uh, Sister Abigail, Bray Wyatt, and Drag, whatever you know, whoever it is, uh, you know, we could see it again at tables, ladders, and chairs coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did used to want it to be a. Female female wrestler back when he still had a wife family but now at this point since he doesn't have a wife family I right. don't know how that would really work out unless he's kind of, unless he unless there's a female wrestler that kind of becomes like his china to triple h mm-hmm. you know yeah. helping him like cheat and what to win and stuff like that but you know because of wwe's you know policies on you know men not touching like female wrestlers and uh, stuff i don't know if they're gonna go that route these days yeah, I tell you. And speaking of that, that's a good segue. I wanted to also mention, you know, we are going to have some interviews coming up on Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. One of them being whether it's attached on this show or whether it's going to be attached on the next show, Jess La. She is a SWO superstar. She wrestles in Pennsylvania. She actually wrestles in men's divisions, so for men's championships. She is the current SWO women's champion, but she wrestles against men, um, you know, with men, against men. And she, you know, gender does not bind her to anything. She is a professional wrestler, um, and she is pretty talented, and I wouldn't mess with her. But uh, So we're going to have interviews with her and other interviews coming up on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. As I said, attached to this one, attached to the next one, we're going to have it because we appreciate Pennsylvania because it's we're expanding, man. Yeah, yep. yeah, we definitely appreciate it. You know, let me ask you, you about You do that. that. So um, think about Jess Lass. So her wrestling men, we, as we just said, like, yeah. you know, WWE no longer allows that. What Correct. are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like... Do you feel like society can handle that again? Do you feel like we're too sensitive? Do you feel like women can be in the ring with men? Like, Are you talking about mainstream society? 
Yeah, mainstream. Uh, I think mainstream society is a little bit too on edge to kind of accept that as a full-time role. You know, what Jess Law does in independent professional wrestling in Pennsylvania and other places, you know, that's con- condensed to professional wrestling independently. That's fine. Um, but as far as the big stage, like if WWE allowed it, I mean, what what happens? You know, I can think of surf several different things. Like, uh, Jamie and Jason, you'll remember this, Jake the Snake Roberts slapping Elizabeth in the face oh, yeah. a long time ago. Um, you know, getting involved with you know just different things that got so much controversy and but it's people like china people like um lita lita you know those people that have actually wrestled with the men and against the men do we have somebody right now the only one that i can think of is your girl oscar oscar yeah oscar could go with them oscar could go with the men no doubt about it as far as any of the other ones right now i think they're all pretty well mixed up in the new women's divisions on both shows which we're going to get into I don't think to answer your question. Charlotte's a big girl. She could maybe, maybe. I think she because could of her handle height herself and physically. Size, sure. Right? Yeah. But would society? I think your question was: Would society you know, as a whole, if you put this on the WWE Network or you put this on USA Network, would it start a you know a riot with people like, hey, you can't have women fighting men, even if the right. women are getting up on the men? You know what I mean? Yeah. It encourages. What do you think? Do you think it could it, it could work in these days? Yeah. It's not the attitude era, but could it work? <laughs> I, I I do think I do think um, I don't think it could work. I feel like you. I feel like people would be very like on edge about it because society as a whole right now is on edge, right? About everything, about everything. But I, 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 my thing is like it's sad because I feel like we've seen it in the past and it worked. Right. And there were some great storylines that came out of women being entangled in like you know men's storyline yeah uh, men's feud and stuff sure, like that sure um you know and like the whole china thing with triple h and the way she used to dominate men like that was great that was great stuff man like you know so i mean it just kind of sucks that i feel like society can't handle it now and it's like you know we saw from back then like that didn't have any effect like on mainstream society like you know men weren't just going out you know, abusing women <laughs> because they saw it on WWE. Right. You know, it's like so. I mean, it, everybody knows the storyline, but you know, right. I feel like I would like to, I would like to see that. I would back. like to see somebody cross that line and <laughs> yeah. see if they tease it, if it could happen on a consistent basis. Right. What do you think, JMJ? I think it has to be well done though, because if you're not careful, you could kind of negate the women's revolution and almost make that more of a gimmick. True. Thing now, because right now the women are. Going out full force, right? I mean, That's true. Some great matches yes. on all brands, Raw, yeah. SmackDown, yeah. NXT. And I don't everything. want to make that too gimmicky like it was back in the day. Yeah, we just had three women. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, is when when we think about women getting involved, you know, I and I wouldn't think that all the women are going to do it. There would still be select women that will be able to do this, like Oscar. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know, I don't see. Alicia Fox getting in there mixing it up <laughs> with the guys like yeah. uh, you know what I mean you you gotta have a certain look a certain type of feel to you you know to be involved in that kind of stuff you know what I'm saying so, right so it, it's gonna be interesting we have, we're gonna have an interview we're gonna find out all about the women versus the men uh, Jess Law from SWO Pro Wrestling uh, coming out you know we got some great things happening in SWO Pro Wrestling on October the 21st in Seven Valleys Pennsylvania uh, then you got um you know, MCW Pro Wrestling, BCW Pro Wrestling, uh, EWA Pro Wrestling, all running in October, like Halloween-themed shows, things like that. So, uh, great stuff coming up. Uh, but to get back to... Uh, man, I saw you make a post, man. You said uh, Desert Storm made his debut. 
Desert Storm, who retired from the ring, actually came back. It was a bunkhouse battle royal, uh, battle royal at MCW Pro Wrestling, a legend, a tribute to the legends. And the winner of the battle royal got an opportunity to fight later on uh, to, you know, possibly fight for the, the heavyweight championship. So it was like 10, 15 guys in a battle royal. Desert Storm came out. He didn't win. Yeah. But it was party time. <laughs> oh, it was party That's time was once again. So it, he was very proud of that, and he's still doing a lot of video and editing and everything for MCW Pro Wrestling. MCW Pro Wrestling doing really well. Um, EWA Pro Wrestling still there, so you know, go out and support them as well. You know, they had a live band playing at their last show, Evolution Rock and Rumble. So uh, lots of good stuff around. BCW Pro Wrestling. I'm um, gonna have Al Snow uh, coming around. And it's it, just a lot happening. BCW's gonna have Al Snow coming BCW's around. BCW's gonna hey, have Al Snow. Al Snow is jacked, man. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he just sure started is. hitting the gym after his career was over. <laughs> he's jacked, and he's a great knowledge about the world of professional wrestling yeah. too. So he knows what he's talking about. That's great. Uh, so get out there and support indie wrestling as always. Uh, back to No Mercy. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins uh, defeated Cesaro and Sheamus to retain the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. First of all, great match. These guys have a lot of chemistry together. And I believe this is the match where Cesaro went into the post. Yes. And had his teeth jammed up into his uh into his uh, into his uh his damn gums. gums. Yeah, man, I was gonna ask if this was that match, dude. That joint was disgusting. How did he finish how did he finish this match? Bro? Uh, you know, he finished fine. You know, he got uh there was really nothing you could do, you know, it wasn't like an open wound or anything, it was in his mouth, but he was I don't know how it had, I mean, it had to hurt, think, bro. Dude, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, it was an open wound, but God damn, like, that pain. pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that, Jam and Jason? I did. That, that, that was, was a pretty sick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great match. I mean, I don't think that that, you know, came around and, and it disturbed the flow of the match. I think Cesaro just went right on. And all four of those guys, seems like they were kind of, kind of, on their own, but they kind of got thrown together, but now it's kind of working on both sides. And uh, now, on Monday Night Raw, The Miz is getting involved with uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, and they've been doing the, the Shield tease now for yep. several weeks. And then the last thing we've seen on Monday Night Raw is the end of the show in the locker room, Roman Reigns standing there, and Dean Ambrose walks in on one side, then Roman Reigns is standing there, Seth Rollins walks in on the other side. They all kind of look at each other. And then go their separate ways. So they're teasing the shield. The shield is going to happen. It's going to be yeah. the shield versus Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Miz at some point. Probably TLC. Yeah. Um, what do y'all think about the tag titles, the tag title match itself, and what about this reinvention of the shield? So uh, tag title match was great. As you said, uh, I, I can watch. I can watch any you know Cesaro, Sheamus, and uh, Rollins Ambrose right. match like that. Yeah, they have great chemistry together. Um, who would have thought that Sheamus and Cesaro would make such a good tag team? Never in like, a million years. Yeah, and it's like these guys are great together. Right. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but polar it, opposites, but yeah, it works. But it works, man. So you know, um, but yeah, I love the match. Um, I thought the match was great. Um, <clears throat> the Shield. The Shield. I'm excited to see it, man. <laughs> I, I'm just, man. I am. I am just waiting to see this. I want to hear the the old Shield music and everything. Because even right now, you know, they still come out the separate music, like right. Ambrose and Rollins. But yeah, I want to hear that old Shield music. I actually thought they were going to make an appearance, and you're going to hear the Shield music when uh, what, what what Raw was it? Where I think the Miz, Taraji were beating down Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah. It was like at the end of the segment, but they just like beat him down. But anyway, they've been beating everybody down. Yeah. Yeah. So um. 
But yeah, I, I'm waiting to see. I don't think it's going to last long. Like I think it's just going to be like kind of short read, one off, two off, almost like the evolution thing yeah, yeah. when they fought the shield. But it'll be still cool. Jamie J. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely time for them to reform, and I, I think it's going to happen tonight. I really do. Tonight, yeah, because we're talking we're, we're talking about live on Monday night, yeah. Columbus Day, Monday night raw. Now here's the thing. If if they go to the Shield, do we see the Shield as a Shield reunion between Ambrose Rollins and Reigns, where there's still you know Rollins is still wearing his jeans and tank top. Uh, I mean Ambrose is wearing that. Yeah. Rollins is still wearing his little Kingslayer stuff, and then Reigns wears his gear. Or do we actually see a Shield reunion where they put back on their old Shield tactical gear? You know, they're coming out through the crowd. You know, what do you think they're going to go to go with this route? I think it's if it, they do it as a one-off, you're going to see each individual character kind of doing their own thing, but working together. If they do it as a two or a three-off, you might see the evolution of the shield coming back, where th- certain things start happening from the past. Like if they start wearing the same type of gloves or the same type of pants or what the same type of gear. I think you got to keep all of their individuality because they're all going to shoot off in different directions eventually. But here's the problem. There, uh, the problem with this is somebody's got to turn heel. This can't last and end with everybody being happy-go-lucky face. Somebody's got to turn heel. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to break away from the pack. And it, I think it needs to be Ambrose. If it's Ambrose, then we have no more Ambrose and Rollins, which is actually turning out to be a good tag team. Either way you go, you're going to lose something good. But I think if some somebody's got to turn heel, it's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know that we've had a couple of heel turns recently. You know, not huge heel turns, but things that have you know happened. Uh, as, as far as you know, we talk about Enzo and Jack Gallagher. You know, it it can work. It brings some vitalization back. Jamie and Jason, what do you think? Well, I think they I think they are going to come out in their outfits at the first pay per view event that they wrestle as as a team. Okay. I think I think overall they're going to keep individual and then sure. when they hit the pay per view. They'll come out. It's a good and, idea. And this is the best time of year for that because what do we have coming up very shortly? Halloween. Uh, well, after Halloween, Survivor Survivor Series. Well, I'm just saying for costumes, man. You can yeah. sell, well, sell yeah, some costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE, but yeah, but Survivor I'm Series. Survivor Series, that could be a good opportunity to get them together with a couple other guys. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I feel like the Rollins and Ambrose being put together was all just to lead to the show reunion. It's okay. like they had to start somewhere. I don't think that they were putting them together as a legitimate tag team sure. like Cesaro and Sheamus where it was going to be long because they're two big superstars that they can't stay together that long because they're, they're main eventers on Raw. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So sure. eventually they got to go separate. So I feel like it's leading to the show reunion and... You know, Rollins has already done the the heel thing by turning on the shield before. Right. It, so I, why are, you shouldn't repeat that history? Exactly. Um, I feel like Ambrose would be fresh. I don't think they're going to turn Reigns. You know, I I think they would have done it by now. I don't know. Reigns is a good enough heel on his own. Exactly. Yeah. Heel. He doesn't need it, right? <laughs> he doesn't need it. So um, you know, I think I Ambrose would be a good. Ambrose would be. I'd be okay with that. He could run <laughs> as a heel. But uh, it's going to be exciting. Maybe it'll happen tonight, Jam and Jason, like you said. Um, you know, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. But uh, the Shield possible reunion. Uh, back to No Mercy. We have Alexa Bliss defeating Bailey, Emma, Nia Jax, and Sasha Banks in a fatal five-way to retain the uh, women's championship over there on Raw. Now they've just been kind of hinting that Nia Jax and. Um, which call it, uh, I'm sorry, Alexa, we're kind of friends, but they're kind of not, and things like that. I I think this match was okay for what it was, but these five-way women's matches are getting a little, I don't know, they need better better storylines for the individuals. They're getting lazy. 
Yeah, uh, yeah that's you know, it. That's, that's what it is. At the beginning of the women's revolution, you know, they started kind of wanting to do individual storylines and, and matches and stuff. And now it's kind of getting to a point where they're getting lazy and it's just all like, all right, let's just put a bunch of them together in these, mm-hmm. you know, five-way matches for, for a title. Right. And that's it. No storylines, just... Everybody just wants the title. All right, put them together. And they can do more with this because, you know, Bailey's got a storyline. She's still the underdog. She's always getting injured. You know, Emma was started the revolution, you know, got this big star in Nia Jax who's definitely proven herself. You know, you got Sasha who's already proven herself and Alexa who's just running wild. So I I love this stuff. What do you think about any of these Um, individuals or the match, Jamie J? uh, The match was okay. The match was okay. But I'm still waiting for Bailey to snap. I I think she has a heel turn coming. I think it's it, it's it could happen. We I was like, talking about that. I would like to see that. Do you guys think that it's also the laziness is coming from the fact that like these women haven't had these crazy five star matches that were you know that were done on NXT that you know that were so talked about you know like this Sasha and ba- Bailey matches that yeah. happened on NXT which were like oh my gosh out of this world right but they haven't been able to reproduce that on. The they main roster. So no. do you think that that's like causing people to be like, all right, you know what? It was a lot of hype, and they're not they're not going to pull away from the re- women's revolution because I mean they're they're all in now. They have to keep going, yeah. but at the same time, it's like you see stuff like this where it's like, uh, well, you know, they're not giving them individual stories, mm-hmm. building up the matches anymore. So it's like we'll keep them on the card and we'll keep them, you know, in the spotlight. But it's like you know they're not really doing what they did on NXT. Sure, yeah. And I think NXT NXT is going to be that different product. I think you're only going to see that kind of style match in NXT. I mean, we've had plenty of opportunities to see matches on the t- on the upper card. And once in a while they do pull out a tw- you know, a 20 or 30 minute match or a Hell in a Cell match or a TLC match or a specialty match, but maybe not as much because the main roster is focused about the main men's roster, the Intercontinental, the US, the the tag, the world, the universal things like that. So May, I hope they get some traction. I like them all. I think they're all doing great. Jamie Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think they do need to build up to those kind of matches and have the women main event more pay per views. I mean, not every pay per view, not everyone, right? But you know, here and times there. a year, like like or main event the Raw or main main event the SmackDown Live. Yeah. At least give them the spotlight to say this is the most important story yeah. on our roster right now. Yeah, give them the twenty five minutes. Yeah. Why not? Let them use it. I tell you, speaking of women, they can uh, do it. Man, there's big talk right now that Ronda Rousey's coming to WWE. Big talk, big man. talk, man. Like uh, I, I think it's going to happen. You know, they already she was already at the Women's Classic. Yeah, you know, because her friend being in WWE, right? Um, and you know, Triple H is super open to it. I think I think they've been having some talks. Like, but they, I don't think they're trying to put it out there. You know, I think they still probably just not. Try, they save it for WrestleMania. Yeah, they just trying to keep it on the low and that like, oh well, you know, she's interested, we're interested, but man, I think there's some negotiating going on behind the table there, and uh, I think she'll be making her parents, like you said, by 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 WrestleMania. I think we might see Ronda Rousey in WWE. I think that's good. Get her out of the negative limelight of her losing in UFC a couple of times, yeah. but then have her go, coming back into mainstream media, doing some television, doing some charity stuff doing some good stuff now it's all positive right. again hey and this is what I just realized because um, I was reading something She's pre- it would pretty much be her doing exactly what Brock Lesnar did Brock Lesnar had a two loss streak in the UFC yep. left came to WWE so it would be the same thing uh, you know with her she had two loss streak and then she comes to WWE and she could be that she could be the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. Yeah, she yeah. could revitalize that women's division and get them doing that legit fighting yeah. and that, those legit storylines. Like, get them all 
beefed up, whether it's against her or not. Now you talk about putting a woman in men's story. Ah, Ronda yeah, Rousey yeah. can handle it. <laughs> well, I mean, Ronda did take Triple H down during that segment at WrestleMania, you know, um, kind of hip-locked him and took him down, so anything's possible. Yeah. You like Ronda, Tampa I do. J? I do. You'd be a fan of that too, huh? Oh, definitely. I'd be Ronda, excited. Ronda versus Oscar. Ronda and Oscar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ronda and Oscar. <laughs> now, the initial thing that they built a while ago was, you know, the Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda and The Rock, which you know is never too far fetched. That could always happen at WrestleMania. But Ronda Rousey and Oscar, holy crap! They would ah, oh, that would be a legit. That would yeah. be nice. Triple H said that he would. That he got asked in an interview if he would, you know. Tangle it up with The Rock again, and he said he definitely would. He was like, you know, he he'd definitely be open to it. But of course, you know, The Rock is like busy. scheduling yeah, and the scheduling. biggest movie star in the world. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> doing and, his own thing. Yeah, and Triple H is funny because like Triple H is like, oh, you know, Rock is busy, you know, and I'm a busy guy too. And it's like Triple H, you work for WWE, yeah. like, <laughs> like it's nothing for you to go wrestle. Like, right? Like, stop trying to make yourself feel like <laughs> you're on a rock's level. That's right. right. No, the rock is <laughs> yeah, on the rock's level. Exactly. That's about it. Because the thing is, like, Triple H is still in ring shape, relatively. Sure. You know what I'm saying? The rock actually has to come back and train, you know, so that's the. Yeah, he's in shape, thing. but not ring shape. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Roman Reigns defeating John Cena. Um, okay. So obviously, this was a quote unquote passing of the torch. Uh, John Cena's out for a little while, if not a long while. I mean, he could come back as a special attraction. He hasn't announced retirement yet. But this match did exactly what it should have done. Um, it basically had John Cena beating the crap out of Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns never going down, never going down. But it also showed that, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, however many attitude adjustments there were, Roman Reigns was not going down. But pretty much one spear. I think maybe another, it was maybe two, but one definitive spear and John Cena got pinned. This yeah. is the same thing that happened when John Cena put Alberto Del Rio over when he first came back. It was like one shot done. So talk about Roman, talk about Cena, talk about moving forward. Anybody jump in here. I think that they had a, I think they had a good match. Um, I don't particularly care for this whole passing of the torch thing like we saw it at Wrestlemania with Reigns and Undertaker right and then you know we see it now with Cena and and, and Reigns listen like John Cena just took the torch you know what right. I'm saying like he like nobody passed the torch to John Cena like sure. he took it through getting over with the fans and you know getting his character over and so it's like putting it out there and making it seem like someone's passing their torch to you it's like you're just telling the fans, like, hey, he is the guy now that we're supposed to like. And it's like, you, you can't do that. That's mm -hmm. what makes it weird. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, because it now they don't seem natural. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, let him be that natural person that just takes the torch. And, you know, so I, I don't like it because let da if Daniel Bryan was still wrestling, mm -hmm. he would he would be way, more, way over the Reigns. He would have taken the torch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There wouldn't have been no, oh, yeah, you can try and pass the torch to Reigns, but no, everybody's going to be like, no, Daniel Bryan is the man. You know what I'm saying? He is the next Cena. So I, 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 don't, I don't particularly care for the way that they're carrying that. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere, and these guys had some great promos leading up to this match, and the match was decent, you know, but uh, it, and now the story's over. Roman's going to do his thing with the Shield. Cena's out for a little while going and doing his own thing, supporting Nikki Bella and dancing with the stars and going out and doing his own thing. I mean, Jam and Jason, was this too quick, too quick of a one-off? Is, is, is uh, Big Ugly right? I mean, was this not, did, did, was this not natural? 
Yeah, it didn't seem natural. Like like you were mentioning the passing of the tor- torch. We just did that at WrestleMania. It's too soon. Yeah. You, know, you should hold that torch for a while. <laughs> that's why I wanted to see the Cena Undertaker match years ago at WrestleMania, but that's a whole other topic. But sure. yeah. that would have been more natural to me. You know, Cena wins, <coughs> and then Reigns beat Cena. Yeah. But anyway. It um, felt like, I don't know, it just felt like it was out of place. But, it wasn't a main pay-per-view. It was like No Mercy, which is yeah. not SummerSlam. It's not WrestleMania. It was this huge buildup of this WrestleMania-quality match, and it happened, and it's over. And, and like, the finish was just too fast. It should have been it should have been attitude adjustment spear. Attitude adjustment spear. Mm-hmm. Maybe three times back and forth. Yeah. And then finally spear super, or superman punch spear, then he gets right. pinned. Right. It should have been a little more I guess false finishes. You know, sure. just Well there were plenty of false finishes, but they were on like scene one, the other side. Yeah, like one Cena side. trying to beat Reigns. Mm-hmm. Because he hit him with every version of the AA possible from every rope and every right. you know, on the floor, in the ring, from the top rope, wherever. And it, once Roman got the upper hand, it was like Superman punch spear, done. Yeah, and yeah. it's like we know Cena has taken many finishers and kicked out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, like, you know, think about his AJ Styles matches and stuff oh, like God. that. It's like, you know, those classics. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was too quick. And it's like they're unrealistically trying to make Reigns like, seem like this Superman. Superman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's funny. We we're talking about uh, Jam and Jay mentioned uh, in WrestleMania passing the torch on Undertaker. It's like, I don't even feel like Reigns milk that for that long like I remember when Brock Lesnar beat uh, Undertaker you know how long did Paul Heyman go around talking about he's the one behind the you know every promo exactly every promo for months and it's like Reigns came out like the next day after that and kind of made reference to it and then it was just like it's my yard yeah it's it's my yard and then move on on. like it was no big deal after that and now it's like oh well now I got the torch from John Cena once again it's no big deal and he's not even mentioning it basically he's he's moving on to the shield thing so it's it, like why why do this like I don't get it man I don't know I, I don't have we seen the last of Cena probably not no I and mean, you know Reigns at this point I think he's taking a little break from the main I mean it's going to be a main event storyline with the Shield but he's taking a little break he doesn't have to take all the punishment he doesn't have to give all the interviews he can kind of feed into the Shield for a little while and then break off and yeah. do something so we'll see I mean once once viewership starts to dip and and uh and uh uh uh, uh Clothing sales and stuff. What we call it? Oh, merchandise. Merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. Merch. Once merch starts to dip, we'll see Cena back. There you they, go. They've yeah. been making that phone call to him. <laughs> <laughs> Cena just to me last last thing on this, but he yeah. just hasn't seemed really into it lately. I mean, he had that Baron Corbin match, and that was just kind of at SummerSlam. Right. Just kind of so so. Yeah, yeah. Even at the beginning of this match, he was kind of joking around, and he leaves the ring, and then comes back. Yeah, he didn't have like, that almost intensity. Like a heel. Yeah, he just wasn't. It wasn't Super Cena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah. Not. There was just I, something I, missing. Yeah. He. You can tell he he seems too relaxed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's like, all right, we know it's a work, but you know he's not taking like he's not taking anything serious. Now with them promos he was doing yeah. with Reigns, oh. he was going all in. But when it comes to the matches, yeah, it's just kind of like he's just going through the motion. I, I think his mind is elsewhere because of all you know. I mean, he's 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 a Hollywood guy now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those those roles start rolling in, all that money start rolling in. You know, his mind is. In L.A., so, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we're going to see what happens with that. We talked about this briefly. Enzo Amore defeated Neville to, um, you know, as far as the Cruiserweight Championship. So that's where Enzo won the Cruiserweight Championship after a little bit of a low blow. Um, but this is when Enzo was still face, I believe, before the, pay, you know, yeah. during the pay-per-view. And then he turned heel the next night or whatever it was. It was classic buildup. 
classic. It was a classic build-up, yeah. Um, and a decent match, too, between the two of them. They, they did pretty well in the ring. Enzo's doing more in the ring now in the cruiserweight division than he ever had a chance to do with Big Cass in the ring. I mean, he got the crap beat out of him a lot. He still is getting the crap beat out of him a lot. Yeah. But, um, you know, now the cruiserweight champion is Enzo Amore, and we're going to have to see who's going to step up and into that uh, reality-based television, hopefully on Saturday mornings now, to, uh, That's right. to take down the cruiserweight champion. What's uh, next for Neville? What's next for Neville? I think he is the guy. He, I think his character now is going to be a face. Uh, he plays a great heel, but I think he's going to take the same heel character into a face now because he's got a you know the enemy of your enemy is your friend, whatever it is. So he, he and the entire locker room are going to apply uh, this against Enzo. So I think he's going to be the anti-hero now. I was actually thinking that they might move him back to the Raw roster. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, he attacked Enzo and beat the crap out of him when they had that little contract, you know, where you're like, they couldn't touch him. Right. I thought that they might be using that as a tactic to get him back on the Raw roster. Or SmackDown Live. One of the two. Right, or one of the two, yeah, right. one of the Saying, two like, rosters. you know, they have to move him, you know, and because I think, you know, the, the people, they might have looked at him like the WWE office and was like, you know, Neville's, like, stepped his game up yeah. since, you know, taking on that heel character and mm-hmm. that maybe he's ready to be, you know, in the line for, like, a U.S. championship run or something like that. So I could dig that. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree 100%. I was just thinking about him feuding with The Miz. I mean, right. That would be, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, when you have Enzo Amore on 205 Live, you don't need Neville. Like, right. Neville was that star power that kind of kept it alive at first. Mm-hmm. But now that you got Enzo, you know, you kind of you brought Kalisto down there. You still got Jack Gallagher, some things going on. You don't really need Neville because at this point, you can't take Neville from where he was and then have him start feuding with, like, Tony Nese. Or is that his name? Yeah, Tony yeah. Nese is Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, it's like, eh. So... Why not? But he's Why the not? king of the cruiserweights. What would he be? The king of the U.S. division? The king of the king of the Intercontinental? The king of SmackDown? The king of Raw? Yeah. I mean, he could still just use that and be like, you know, I was the king of the cruiserweights and... You know, I mean, I, they don't I have don't a king. Know. They don't have a king of the ring now. So why not be the king? Just be the king. Just king be the king. Yeah. And just be the king. So we'll see. Uh, and then we had the main event of No Mercy. And uh, it was Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship and winning against Braun Strowman. Um, this match. I hated the match. It could have been a lot better. Yeah, I I liked the match better at SummerSlam where it was the four of them. And where the hell did Samoa Joe go? I mean, he's like disappeared off the face. Man, of the I map. forgot about him. Like literally, <laughs> I forgot about Joe. I, like he was a main yeah. a main event player he in the storyline. He's gone. I mean, he might have been. I, think I don't he did know. It at a house show. I believe he did it at a house show. That's a shame. Because uh, I mean, no. that's a shame. Because Samoa Joe is so good. But yeah, the match was not great. Um, Lesnar got the crap beat out of him by Braun a lot. Uh, there was a lot, and Braun kind of went down to one F five, and it was over. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he escaped, and and Lesnar really didn't do anything to put Braun down. I think it really kind of took away from this this monster that Braun is a little bit. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. Listen, I can't say I got the solution. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't say I have the solution of how this match should have been booked, but I can tell you that wasn't it, right? right? Like that. That was not it, man. You you build up Braun. I mean, Braun just was like even weeks, you know, preceding this, like Braun was just dominating, dominating yeah. Lesnar. So when he dominating Lesnar like that, you don't look like a guy that just takes one at five and you go away, right? Like, it, it just doesn't seem that way. So, 
Yeah, man. But I, I can understand. I guess they're trying to protect the F5, you know. But, hey, this is the, there's no other bigger superstar on the roster than Braun Strowman. Right. And I mean, I mean that as in physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if this is a guy that can handle multiple F5, hey, I, I'm okay with that. Because Braun Strowman is a beast. Absolutely. If it's an F5 to a smaller guy or something like that, I get it. But if it's an F5 to a 360-pound monster, right? He, I think he could take a few. I think so, man. Like, and like I said, I don't have a solution. I don't know. What they could, they could, I mean, essentially, they kind of did the same thing with Goldberg. It's like Goldberg dominated Lesnar, dominated Lesnar. You know, Lesnar moved out from one spear uh, and then superlexed him a few times, hit yeah. the F5, and, and it was over. Sure. You know. But, but see, that one makes sense because the, Goldberg wasn't built up for all of the storyline to be a monster. He was just built up to be that shock value, you know what I'm yes. saying? Um, but he he was not infallible. He just hadn't gotten beaten right. down yet. And the other smart thing about the way, it's like Goldberg... He he got Lesnar by always coming off the gun quicker than Lesnar because it's almost like a gunslinger fight. You right. know, he got to him before Lesnar could get to him. But finally, once Lesnar could get to him, you know, it, that, it that was, was it. Right. But it's like Braun. Not I mean, this is Braun Strowman. Like, yeah, come on, man. This is the biggest yeah. build up. What Jamie, do you think, Jamie, Jamie, please. Yeah, there are two two things that disappointed me in the match. One thing, Braun didn't throw an office chair. I wanted to see him throw an office chair. <laughs> He's getting I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Throw an office chair at Brock. <laughs> um, and the other thing was when Brock had him in that submission move, and he, Braun was kind of like right there by the ropes, but he kind of forgot to reach out. You know, I'm like, yeah. You know, the ropes right next to you, right there by your face. Just reach out and grab it. It's like he didn't quite know where he was at in sure, the ring. And that, sure. Yeah. It was just an odd spot. That was just a little. Well, strange. Yeah, so, and a lot of people have been grabbing the ropes or putting their foot on the ropes recently. So, I mean, it is possible. But uh, could they have been saying, hey, you know, Braun Strowman is strong enough to not need the rope to kick out or not not need the rope for a rope break? But if that's the case, then why is M1F5 putting them down? Yeah. So, Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike. Give it to me. What's the solution for this? Here's the solution. Um, Lesnar needs to be booked like he was booked with Goldberg. Like, exactly like in that kind of storyline. Because Lesnar, right now, maybe the F5 is protected, but I'm not... I love watching Brock Lesnar's matches. I really do, but I did not like this one. I like seeing him against somebody that could possibly beat him or as somebody that's going to be the underdog that's going to take it to him. Like that Samoa Joe match was beautiful with uh, Brock Lesnar over the whatever that was. Um, Not before SummerSlam. The the one-on-one match they had. That's the way it needs to be booked. The solution is... Continue to build Braun up. Have a rematch with these two at TLC or whatever you're going to do. Have Lesnar beat the shit out of Braun Strowman and show that he is the Superman, that he can't get beat. You know what I'm saying? One F5 ain't going to do it. One steel chair ain't going to do it. One table ain't going to do it. And then, you know, have Lesnar just escape with the title to build up again further on down the road. I, I don't know if Strowman can run with the title right now. I don't think I'd believe it yet. Yeah, not not yet. And I'm not. And, and this is the thing. Strowman should have lost. Right. I think that that was the right move. Right. It's just the way they got there is mm-hmm. the part that I was like, ah, that wasn't really right. I wasn't feeling it. I feel like Strowman needed to have done something to like sabotage himself, like try to do something crazy with Brock Lesnar and botched it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, try like to power slam him off the apron to the yeah, floor so, and have yeah. him slip out and then fall on the fall, floor. Right. Or like he put him on a table and, you know, and he tried to like, you know, jump out. You know, on the table, and Brock Lesnar got up. And you he know went through the table. He went through the table. So it's like, all right, now I can see he's super weak. He stumbles back in the ring. Lesnar hits him with the F5. You know, yeah. hey, it's kind of believable. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Um, but it wasn't really a big move. And after the match was over, after the pinfall, Lesnar and, you know, Strowman pretty much got up. 
yeah. you know, after it was over and was staring Lesnar down as, as Lesnar was crawling out with his life. Yeah. You know, I, I will say Lesnar is taking a beating in these matches, which is good. Good for him. He can't just be the dominating, you know, beast uh, every time. So he's got to take a beating. Yeah. So the solution is book Lesnar better. Take this feud to TLC. Let this happen on, in a better match and, and with a better finish. Tables, ladders, and office chairs. <laughs> that is a chair. So that does work. So um, I'll tell you what. That has been a good No Mercy review. I know it was a couple weeks ago, guys, but uh, we appreciate you listening to this. We're going to take a small break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about hell in a cell. And we'll hit on a couple of other things, you know, because there's some things happening in the world. Um, you know, we had the uh, whole NFL debacle where do you kneel down on one knee? Do you not kneel down on one knee? Do you come back? Do you come out at all? Do you do it before the national anthem and then stand during the anthem? Yeah. Hey, uh, who said that? That was an anchor that, that suggested that. Uh, what's that famous anchor, that NBC guy that, that does like the Olympics? Oh, is it? Um, Bob Costas? Bob Costas, Costas yeah. He, he, he actually was suggesting that. He, he said that, you know, he thinks that a better way would be to stand before the anthem. You know, or kneel before the anthem. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Kneel before the anthem, and then you know that way you're not alienating like you know people that feel like the flag represents you know you know whatever. And they did but, that. I went to the Ravens game against Pittsburgh, and that, those were two of the main uh, teams that people were watching that day. Would Pittsburgh even come out to, for the national anthem? And they did. And then they had this whole thing. Let's let's do a moment of silence before the national anthem. It wasn't a moment of silence. It was a moment of whoever was going to take a knee took a knee, and they got booed. And then they got up, and then everybody stood up for the national anthem. Everybody. Everybody came out, everybody stood up. So, I don't know, man. I want to see him play football. That's what I'm watching for. I want to see who's going to win, who's going to lose, and the NFL's all upside down. So, you never know. Any given Sunday is what they say. Another yeah. great movie, by the way. Any do you feel like? Sunday. Do you feel like... Um do you, like I know, I know a big argument is that, like, you know, political statements and things like that don't have a place in... Like the NFL or sport, I guess you know people probably say sports in general. Like, do you feel that way? Like, you know, you do you feel like it's a political statement, and do you feel like this type of thing it can't be expressed in this forum? I don't think it should be expressed in this forum, but because of the amount of eyes and ears that's all over the NFL, um, I think that's where, and especially Colin Kaepernick started this whole damn thing. If he never did what he did, we wouldn't be talking about this going into the yeah, fifth week of the but, NFL. But here's the thing that I feel like. It's it's moved away from Colin Kaepernick. It really goal. has. Like, Colin Kaepernick's goal was like, hey, I want to talk about the injustice in America against black people and, you know, Black Lives Matter. So I'm taking the knee, right? Right. Because I feel like, you know, my country isn't standing up for us yet and I want people to be on notice. Right. Now it's kind of moved into... I'm just taking a knee in spite of Donald Trump because, yeah. because yeah. he criticized the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like it's not even any real social movement. It's more just like in spite of a president that pissed you off. That you is know what exactly I mean? so, right. What do you think, Jamin J? I think people are taking it all too personally. Though. Damn right. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing because it is a game still. You know, I mean, make your statement. Don't make your statement. Discuss. Sure. Don't argue. <laughs> right. Make <laughs> it about the game. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do it, do it outside. Don't do it on the field before you're getting ready to play a game. You know, do it on social media or where everybody else does everything else. You know, put it up under a comment of Donald Trump throwing paper towels out to, you know, did you see that? Donald Trump had yeah. thrown a, throwing a football pass of paper towels at the people. Like, come on, man. Oh, my Jesus. Gosh, I mean, the people dude. that are just saying they're going to burn all their Ravens gear. I just think that's just. And there were people yeah, that's, doing that's, that. Right, that's, like, just, that's too much. Like, you are taking it, like, way too 
too personal. Like you gotta have better things to do in your life than follow yeah. that way too yeah. personally. It's like I listen. I, I'm a person like I, I don't. I don't. Um, <clears throat> I don't have anything against people that that do the taking the knee protest or whatever. But at the same time, it's like I don't have a problem with people that disagree with that either. And it's like so. So I guess my point is that like I'm not going to be extreme on either case. It's like. All right, like if if I don't like, I, what does it do for me? You exactly, know what I'm saying? Exactly. I have my own beliefs. You know, I I may stand, may take a knee. It doesn't matter. Like it's just like I'll, I'll choose to do what I want to do. That's you. If that's me, exactly. So it's like yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, these guys take. Like I'm not going to watch any Ravens game. I'm a burn Ravens game. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like what does this have to do with you? If you believe that you should stand for the national anthem and they don't, like okay, that's it. So you stand up. Right, you, you, you stand you up. Stand you do up. you. Yeah. And, then, and I can tell you, I'm watching a football game at home, and that national anthem come on. I'll be still on the couch. So I, yeah. but I feel hey, like most, most of Americans be doing this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right. It's couch. not about where you at. Are you in the stands? Right. Are you in the field? Are you on your couch? I ain't getting up on, right. my, on my couch. Goddamn. Exactly. Pardon my language, but seriously, and you know, and get over yourself. Really. Just watch the watch the football. Seriously, yeah, please. Yeah, man. Watch the game. Watch the game. And, uh, you know, check it out. And I'll tell you what. We, we got off on a tangent but that's what we do we're gonna take a small break come back with hell in a cell jam and jason why don't you take us the break even political things we're not right we're, we're not wrong we're just fans that's there it, go, right? and, that's it. and now we're on break <laughs> <laughs> are back again from the break with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast once again. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the big ugly. Yep. And we are sitting here in the mansion live with Jam Jason. Yep. (laughs) Just going to do it. We've had a great conversation so far. uh, We appreciate you sticking with us here in the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Controversial stuff, man. Man, just life in general is controversial. We We shouldn't be afraid to talk about that stuff. No, we we shouldn't. This is the podcast, man. Right. This is the podcast. This is dirty. This is ugly. If you want to listen to it, if you want to sit on your couch, if you want to take a knee, whatever you want to do, I don't care. Just listen to it. Download it. Follow it. Like it. Subscribe to it. It. Do it everywhere. And, and we don't care if you do it on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, or in TuneIn Radio. We are Equal Opportunity Podcast. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You feel me? So um, let, let's talk about a little uh, something. Uh, uh, by the way, I wanted to throw this out there. I had this note out there. Um, anybody who's being affected by any of these hurricanes and all this bad weather happening all over for the past month or so, you know, prayers and thoughts for all those people seriously you know hopefully they get their houses back in order get electricity hopefully he's you know not too much injured and things like that and especially what's happening in las vegas that yeah. that sucked that is just absolutely terrible um so prayers and all those for people i kind of like what they did on monday night yeah, that, that was smackdown live but uh, yeah like what the seriously why i mean come yeah. on now seriously yeah, you want to talk about taking a platform or a stand on something why right like, what man. the hell it's is what does that do yeah. for anybody? And it's the, it, you know, I think that the hardest thing to grasp about tragedies like that is like when you, when you had, if it's like a terrorist attack, it's like those things happen, but then it's like at least we know, all right, we got to target this, you know what I'm saying? Right. To like stop it from occurring again. But this was just like one of those random acts. It's just a random guy yeah. in a hotel room decided to do this, you know, and it's like, 
No cause. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, like that was just it. So it's like 50-something people lost their lives. And for what? Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. That was almost, a, you know, it was on the same level as what happened in that Orlando nightclub, you know, not too long ago. Exactly. And it's just like, what, why? Like, seriously, like, come on, man. But uh, I do, I do kind of like what they did on SmackDown and Raw. They took everybody, Vince included, came out on the stage and they said, you know, prayers for Las Vegas. And everybody stood out on that stage and went a moment of silence and everybody did. So heels, faces, you know, they pulled back the curtain and they did that. Even shortly after Vince McMahon got beaten down by Kevin Owens, which we're going to ta- which we're going to talk about, he stood on that stage in, fr- in the middle of everybody showing the unity for that. So I, I kind of love the WWE taking a positive role in, you know, what happened with Las Vegas. They're taking a positive role in Susan G. Komen over so many years with, you know, breast cancer and everything like that. Dana Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior's uh, widow, uh, she's into it big time. Uh, so I love what the WWE does. They they address the issues. So good for them. Um, so speaking about issues and WWE, let's talk about Hell in a Cell, okay? Uh, the pay-per-view named Hell in a Cell. There were two Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, one at the beginning, one at the end, but the rest of it was called the Hell in a Cell show. And I'm just going to start at the end here. AJ Styles was on Talking Smack after the show was over, which was almost midnight because this show ran really long. It really did. Um, I'm okay that it did because I understand why. But AJ Styles said, you know what? You know, I had my match and I did my thing. Well, we're going to talk about that. But, you know, he said this was one of the best overall WWE pay-per-views in a long time. Uh, it, like from beginning to end. And I, I wouldn't agree with that 100% because AJ said, this is what we're out here to do. We're out here to perform. We're out here to entertain. We're out here to put on a good show beginning to end. And I'm doing my part. That was a real good stance to take on that. What do you guys think? Before we start talking, do you feel like this was one of the better overall shows recently? Jamie Jason, let's start with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. I mean, maybe not quite the best show all year, but it was it was up there. I was entertained. Good. You know, when it got to the end, I was like, yeah, I saw a really good show. Okay. Uh, two great Hell in the Cell matches. Absolutely. Some Decent mid-card matches. Mm-hmm. So I was happy yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you as I said earlier to you guys, you know, I was traveling on the weekend, so I got back late. I got to see partial of it. Um, and so what I saw from the middle to the end was good. I okay. thought it was a good pay-per-view. Um, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> I got to go back and watch the whole show. Yes. I got to go back and watch the whole show before I say that it was one of the better ones that I've that like you know as AJ Styles was saying yeah. in a long time, um, but yeah, I think it was I think it was a decent show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and everybody's gonna judge for themselves. I mean, I believe it just because there were some matches that I were not looking forward to, but it ended up being okay. There were some matches I was really looking forward to, and they over delivered. Um, but let's get into the card. Let's just jump in. Cause see, I wanted to see the Usos and New Day. Oh yeah. And I missed that. How was that? Um, we're gonna get to that right, in just a minute. Right, I just want to talk about the pre kickoff match. Yeah. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Tag team against the Hype Bros, Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley kind of had, uh, you know, some differences in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it looks like they're splitting up. Yeah, they, they had a little bit of a miscommunication, and because of the miscommunication, uh, Gable and, Ch- and Benjamin won. Mm-hmm. Um, decent match, I'd say. Nothing overly. I mean, it was a, a good 15-minute tag team match. Uh, a couple of false finishes. You don't really see that on kickoff shows a lot. Um, but all of them did a good job, and now there's a, a story leading into the miscommunication again between the hype bros, so possibly breaking up. Right, right. Makes so, sense. I mean, Jim and Jason, not, not too much to talk about with this match. It was decent yeah. for a kickoff yeah, show. It was a good kickoff show match, yeah. I so, love Shelton Benjamin, by the way. I can't wait till he 
falls into a zone and comes back, yeah, you know, full force. So my thing is, uh, let's talk about just real quick. I don't want to stay too long on You're these fine. guys, but Zach Ryder, um, what do you do with Zach Ryder after he's done with the high bros? Like, where where do you go with him? Because Zach Ryder was in doing singles before they put him with Mojo Raleigh yeah. as a high bros, and I mean it wasn't going anywhere. No, and they put him with the high bros, and that's not really going anywhere. That was good in NXT, but not for this audience. Yeah, no, not for this audience. And so, you know, what is it? Why won't they return? Why can't Zack Ryder return to the you know Long Island IZ? That worked. I would, I would enjoy that. That worked. Uh, I would. uh, Jim, Jason, go ahead. I was just going to say maybe he's just going to become a tag team specialist, kind of just cycle in and out through different partners through the years. Like Cesaro. Cesaro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could just may fall into that role. I mean, Zack Ryder never really got a. Push. I mean, he got over a couple times. You know, he won the Intercontinental yep. title uh, at WrestleMania and in the ladder match, which was great. You know, 100,000 people. That's a great WrestleMania moment, but he lost it the next night to the Miz. You know, and then Zack Ryder was pretty much never heard from again. Not really. I mean, you know, because he just kind of went yeah. nowhere. He, he would have been good for the Miz to rush. Like, yes. I think him, yeah, he, he would have been another good one. I think yeah. he would be a good one. I think Heath Slater would be a good one. All these people yeah. that uh, don't really have much to do would be uh, keep building the Miz Right. Let it be the new Wyatt family, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Build that Miz because you don't have people in Hollywood, they don't have two people in their entourages. Yeah, no. They got yeah. like 10. Yeah. I could believe but that. It seems like WWE is afraid of building a stable of more than three people now. Have you noticed that? Like, when was the last time there's been a stable of more than three people? Like, it they, it's like doesn't happen anymore. No, I mean, there's yeah. one. The NXT has Sanity. That's got Sanity. four people in it. Right. That's it. It's three guys and one girl. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be like you. Like, why? Kurt Hawkins is on a losing streak. Like, why not be put him in the Mizraj? Like, that'd Absolutely. be great. Just give Miz, you know, more power. So. I want to see the Miz-Taraj and then w- Titus Worldwide, you know, kind of have a feud. Because Titus could bring all these people in on his side, yeah, and the Miz could bring Titus all these brand, people in on his yeah. side, and then have the Miz doing his main event thing, but have the other guys doing uh, a storyline. I want to yeah. see a Survivor yeah. Series match. Titus yeah. Worldwide versus the Miz-Taraj. Yeah. It's great. Damn right. See, look, I'm booking this stuff. I'm telling you. And plus, but, the Miz can kind of help the other guys, you know, what they're talking and stuff. Yes, he right. can. And he can teach them some things, pass some stuff on. So yes, yeah, he can. Cool. And Titus O'Neil can teach you how to be a good dad. Right. Because that's what he does. I mean, <laughs> he's a great, he's a good wrestler and a good talker, too. But he's, you know, he's more of a PR guy. Yeah, He's definitely. good for the company. Um, so let's get past that, and let's go into the first match of the night, which was the Hell in a Cell match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. It was the Usos and the New Day. Now, interesting prescript to this match. They came out to do their regular shtick, but Big E was like real serious. Like Big E didn't even go to the shtick. Big E was like, you know what, this is gonna be gloom and doom for them and we're gonna beat them. You know, that's it. He didn't even go, because New Day, no, this this was serious business. And then the Usos came down, so first of all, Kofi Kingston on the outside of the cell. It was Big E and Xavier Woods. Interesting choice yep. uh, because Kofi is one of the guys can, that can navigate the cells and the ladders and everything very well. But um, this match went roughly 22 minutes, I'd say, and every single one of them was good. Yep. Uh, God bless Xavier Woods. This man got the hell beat out of him. Uh, he got, like, crucified in the corner of the cage with kendo sticks holding him in place, crucified on top of the, uh, what is it, the uh, the pole on the outside, got handcuffed yeah. and kept getting whipped. Like, Singapore Kings was the thing of this match. And Chad, I mean, uh, Xavier Woods got all of them. 
I mean, all of them took a beating. Yeah. And they used the cell very, very well. Uh, they used different parts of the cell, different parts of the steps. They had gimmicks under the ring. They were using, oh, they used three different trombones. They had a Francesca yeah. 2, a Francesca 3, a Francesca 4, all of them getting beat. Yeah, one first of those. At first, I was like, what is this, a band camp? <laughs> you know, I mean, what is this? That for about five minutes, cowbells and... Cowbells were in the mix. Symbols. Yeah. A symbol, a big symbol with a big, uh, you know, big wailing on the symbol. It was pretty It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, had a little bit of ha-ha, but, uh, man, these guys all worked their asses off. Kofi never got involved, um, but it was just two-on-two two for the tag titles. And ultimately, the Usos regained, so now they are five-time tag team champions, which means... That the new day gets a rematch somewhere, so this will happen again. I'm ha- I'm happy about this. Jamie and Jason, I'm gonna start with you. You saw the match from beginning to end. What are your thoughts on the match in general? Uh, one of my favorite spots in the match is when um they put one of the Usos in the corner and kind of locked him in with the kendo sticks. Oh, in the corner of the cage. Yeah, in the corner of the cage. Yeah, and then lined up like four kendo sticks. I guess it was like five. a prison. Yeah, they yeah, locked him up in the corner of the cage yeah. with the kendo sticks. And <laughs> trapped him in nice. there. Yeah, that that was a good spot. That's using your element uh, to you. That was that was really cool. Yeah. Um, they all took beatings into the cage. Um, you know, into the cell. They used the ring pretty well. Uh, lots of false finishes in yep. this match. You know, you kind of didn't want it to end. There was a "This is awesome" chant two minutes into the match. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a couple of holy shit chants yeah. uh, throughout. So I know you didn't see this match yet, Big Ugly. Um, you know, you got to watch this match. Did you have expectations? And from what we've seen, what we've talked about so far, I mean, are you pretty excited to watch it? Everything about this feud between the New Day and the Usos have been, like, on the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this has been money. So, you know, I already had high expectations, and now I'm just excited to see it after, you know, what you guys were saying yeah. went down. Um, I, I think they probably kept Kofi out of it because since the Usos were slated to win, Kofi has, like, this, like, record with Hell in the Cells. Like, he's done, like, really well. And so maybe that's why they didn't want to involve him. Possibly. Yeah, to like keep his record intact. So But yeah. he's good. I was I was expecting maybe something to where somebody gets out or he gets in, like he climbs to the top of the cage and like works his way in. So you know, something like that. Right. But he didn't do anything. Well, but that's okay because it, it kept it as a tag team, two yeah. on two. Two on two. Yeah. Um and doesn't matter about the rules, doesn't matter because this was no rules. Uh good match though. Real good. I kept saying you're going to kick off the show this hot. You're going to have a hard act to follow, especially with this next Hell in a Cell match, which is a couple hours down the road with Shane and Kevin Owens. We know Shane likes to take the big bumps, so we're kind of expecting that. But um, Kevin Owens is a great character, and he's a great worker too. So it was going to be a different style, but we'll get to that match later on. But uh, I was thinking, man, I hope it doesn't all go downhill from here. Um, we had Randy Orton and Rusev. Um tired of it but I, I will say they, they had a little bit of a story you know they've got um, what's his name now singing for uh, Rusev I can't remember his name the one that used to be in the vaudevillains uh, Aiden English Aiden English so he's uh, he was out there singing during the kickoff show and you know so he's got this Rusev day and Rusev was all over Rusev day and Randy Orton is kind of like they both have nothing to do so they put them together I think Jam and Jason, it was a decent match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better than their SummerSlam match and better than their SmackDown match that they've had recently. Because the SummerSlam match was a squash for Randy Orton. The other match was a squash for Rusev. They actually went uh, 11 minutes and 40 seconds this time. Not bad. Could have been better. Yeah. The finish 
was fantastic. The finish was Randy Orton getting all worked up to do the RKO. You know how he like turns around, spins around, and bat, bat, you know, beats his hands on the car, you know, uh, the mat or whatever. As he did that, when he beat his hands down at one point in time, Rusev grabbed his hands, pulled him under, and got him ready for the accolade. Nice. And then Randy Orton slipped right out of the accolade and hit the RKO off that. <laughs> that was a good finish. Yeah, cool. I say nobody's ever tried to get to Randy Orton when he was setting up for the RKO. Yeah. So... Uh, good finish, but I think it was a, I mean, a decent match, but nothing to overly write home about. Not as good as the first Hell in a Cell match. What do you think, JMJ? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm kind of done with the Orton right now, though. He just needs to take a break. He's got over. He got. He's got over with the fans. He got a big pop. Yeah, yeah. So he's still selling merchandise. This is what we talked about earlier. And uh, sure. I don't know. You might want to just skip over this one when you watch it. Uh, you, you could. You could skip over it and save yourself. Yeah. His his twelve thing, minutes. Orton. There's nothing for Orton to do whenever he's a face. Right. When Orton's a heel, he, he's he's more entertaining. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. If they put him in some heel storyline, you know, we might we might feel a little bit better about him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, he's a face. It's like, ugh. You just like to hear his music. About it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hear his music, see his yeah, entrance. Exactly. And that's it. So, I mean, again, not a bad match. Not, not a five-star match. Uh, but it was kind of the come down from the big Hell in the Cell match, so they needed something to balance that out. So they did bring it back up after this match with um, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles for the U.S. title, which just a couple hours before the show, Ty Dillinger said, hey, man, I have a clean win over Baron Corbin, uh, you know, uh, and I should be in this match. So he politicked his way in the match. Daniel Bryan allowed it. And so now it was a triple threat match. Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, and Ty Dillinger. I was worried. I wasn't sure. Exactly. 10, 10, 10. Uh, I was not sure, but this match actually turned out to be really good. And I kind of called what was going to happen. AJ was doesn't have to be pinned or submitted to lose the title. They kept mentioning that on the commentary, and that's exactly what happened. Baron Corbin beat Ty Dillinger after AJ Styles hit the phenomenal four on one of them. I think it was. Uh, so AJ did the work. Baron got the proceeds. Got the pin, yeah, okay. he got the pin, went off with the title. Um, good match, I, I think. I mean, it went 20 minutes, which that's not bad for triple threat. Um, I enjoyed the, the storytelling that was going on. And Ty Dillinger, man, holy God, did he hold his own. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I will say that. That was the shining moment of the match for yeah. me is Ty Dillinger. He, he's gotten a little bit of a push back and forth, but he stepped up, man. What do you think, Jamie J? Yeah, did really you like did. that? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see him in it, and he really did step up. At first, I was like, oh, he's just going to get knocked out and sure. spend half the time outside the ring. But sure. No. No, he had quite a bit of offense, and it was very good. Oh, that's good, man. He really did. Yeah, I liked Todd Dillinger. So. And talk about selling. There was some definitely work on different body parts all night long with a lot of these matches. There's some good selling going on, Yeah, I'd say. Um, and I would say to watch this one, uh, do you have a, a favorite out of this one? Like, Baron Corbin won. He won the U.S. title. Yeah, his first singles yeah, championship. Yeah. So, uh, And he's got the new theme music. So he's kind of branching off. Oh yeah, he used to be. He's got. He's got. I didn't know he got the new music and stuff. I don't know. I felt like it was definitely. It was like they were kind of like it was like backtracking him from the Money in the Bank mm-hmm. when it's like you know he had a contract to compete for the championship. Now he's like back down to U.S. title. But um, I, I like it, man. I don't know I, about I like, back down. U.S. title's hot. You know what I'm saying? AJ's like making this thing. AJ and Kevin Owens made that yeah, thing hot yeah. again. Everything's yeah. upside down on SmackDown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Much, I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> <laughs> think, think about this. Yeah. When they were advertising this pay-per-view, the first thing they were advertising was Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. That's the first thing they were advertising. The second thing they were advertising was the um, women's championship match, which we're going to get into next, which was Natalia. This is where I come in. And right. Charlotte Flair, which we're going to talk about. Look, the third thing they were talking about was the third Hell in a Cell, with the, the other Hell in a Cell match with the Usos and the... Um, and a new day. The fourth thing that they're talking about is actually the WWE Championship, yeah. which is Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Jinder Mahal, which we will get to. But please jump in. We were going to be talking about Charlotte Flair. Make make sure you get the Flair in there because she's using the name now. Uh, checking out, uh, beating, or I'm uh, sorry, facing Natalia, who is the current. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, she hasn't been using the name, has she? It's just been Charlotte, right? Yeah. And now she wants to be known as Charlotte Flair. Right. So as soon as Ric Flair got off a of TV and Ric Flair got a surgery and everything like that, now she's honoring the name. Okay. And she's using the woo. I mean, she's been using the woo anyway. Yeah, but now she's But now it. she's using the yeah. name, like, full-fledged. And I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I think the match... Hey, Charlotte... And that and Natalia have great, great matches, man. They sure do. All like the them, way back from yeah, the NXT. Exactly. Like them too. Like they just got great freaking chemistry. Um, I like that they keep it. I like that uh, Natty won. So Natty did win. It was a disqualification because yeah. she could not beat Charlotte, so she ended up getting a chair and wigging out on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of good selling in this match. I gotta say, Charlotte uh, sold her ass off. Uh, it was actually a leg, but you know what I'm saying. Um, a decent match. I would say there's more matches for these two individually. These are some good storylines for the women. Yes. I like this. And no tease, nothing. Carmella, money in the bank winner, nothing. She wasn't even there. Yeah. Or she didn't show up on the show. Let's put it that way. Um, but there's no way for her to show up because the one who actually won was Natty who kept the title, and she was better for the wear than uh, you know Charlotte was after this match was over. So beating up Charlotte doesn't really help her. Um but good chemistry, like you say. They've had yeah. matches all the way good through. Do you enjoy the match, James? I did. I did. I'm looking forward to the rematch. And there will be. Yep. There will be a rematch, I'm sure. Now, that uh, was uh, the come up. It was like Baron Corbin match come up, Charlotte Flair come up. Here's the come down match. Jinder Mahal <laughs> defending the Universal Arts the WWE Championship with the Singh brothers, mind you, against Shinsuke Nakamura. Let, um, me, tell you, let me tell you, the fact that I, I, I thought... That because I came in late, I was like, all right. I was like, they're already not putting this on last, which means I know that Shane and Kevin Owens is going to be last. Mm-hmm. But not only that, they still put another match before that. Yeah. So it's like, that's that's bad, man. For a WWE championship match, like that, that spot on the card, that come mm-hmm. down match. Whew, it, okay. it, was, it was interesting, too, because, I mean, I think even though Charlotte and Natty was a decent match, I think it was better than Jinder and Shinsuke. I didn't. Uh, well, These two don't work well together. No, yeah. I'm not buying it. Different, I love Jinder. styles just don't. Yeah, it's not meshing. There's a couple of spots that were good, but the whole match, I mean, it went 12 minutes and 10 seconds, and I think that was five minutes too long. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't buying it. Jinder Mahal isn't the greatest worker. No. I feel like he needs somebody special to bring bring it out of him. I don't know. Maybe he needs a John Cena feud. Maybe he needs a AJ Styles feud. I don't know. But yeah. Shinsuke's not the right guy. No, definitely not the right guy. And Shinsuke, with all of this buildup of this special attraction, this un, you know almost undefeatable person in NXT, you know he's come up and now he's lost twice to Gender, who was a mid Carter six months ago. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not feeling it. And where does gender go from here? Who does he take on next? I mean, who's even up there on that level? And other than AJ Styles, which that might work for you. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't this was the lowest point in the pay-per-view for me. I wasn't buying this. Jam, I see you're ready to pop there, big no, ugly. Really Jam and Jason, go yeah. ahead. I, I just don't understand why WWE is so stubborn. I know they're trying to drum up business in India, and I get that. But at what point do you say, okay, this is just not working. We need to get that title off of him ASAP. I mean, everybody's saying SmackDown ratings are declining. Yeah. Attendance is declining. Yeah. You could see some empty seats in the upper deck on occasion when they did certain camera angles. Right. At what point do you just cash in and say, this is done. We need to change this. Yeah, man, and I think I already said it. I think I said it on the last podcast that man, I'm 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 with Raw right now. Raw has like you know when SmackDown Live first came out, everybody was like SmackDown Live was right. it, and and it was true. You know what I'm saying? But like now, Raw is like they're just going full steam ahead, and SmackDown is just back to being that like side show, and it's and it's partially the fact to do with that the champion. Mm-hmm. Is he's just it's just not a good champion. I mean, I, I read an article though talking about Jinder Hall might be actually like the worst WWE champion in history as far as like oh, draw, drawing power and stuff oh, like that. Drawing, and you yeah. know, you know, Kevin Nash held that title for yeah. a long time. So right. you know, it's bad to be down to that level. But yeah, I think that uh, as you were saying, Jam and Jake, the experiment is over. Like you know, they tried. You know, I, I get the whole marketing value to India, but. This it can't be worth it, and it was good shock value to begin with, but it's dragged on too right. long. Here's the thing: just because you take the belt off of Jinder Mahal doesn't mean that he still can't be valuable to your marketing for India. Sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, he doesn't have to be the champion. Yeah, and it, he can yeah. still have the same gimmick, still have the same brothers, just not be in the title picture. He doesn't have to be heel. Make him a face. <laughs> Right. You know, just yeah. do something different. Do yeah, something. because he's not really menacing as a heel, you know. And, and the Singh brothers can just be annoying, but they can do their thing and they can still be face. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I think I said it before, like the whole heel thing is like, it, he's a heel, but then trying to use like his, his heritage of being from India as the reason that he's a heel. It's just like, dude, it's just played out. That, yeah. 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 And the match was... You know what it was, and I will say, you know, the Singh brothers had gotten involved in every Jinder Mahal win, and they got uh, ejected from the match. You know, but as they were getting ejected, the referee's attention was diverted, and you know, Jinder used that to his advantage, and then Jinder won with the Coloss, which is a, a great you know move in itself. But I mean, come on, Shinsuke Nakamura, this huge superstar with all this marketable theme music and. Great stuff, and he's just now he's just been beat twice. Yeah, they should have treated Shinsuke like they treat Brock Lesnar. And at this point, I'm just kind of like Shinsuke's just another. He's another hand. He's yeah. another guy on a roster for me. You know, he's he's not that special attraction anymore. You know that he could have been. He's just. I don't think SmackDown has Shinsuke. that big draw right now. Like everybody is like upper mid card status if they're the main. Like you know what I'm talking about because yeah, they don't just seen it. Right, AJ Styles is their biggest star, but he's still new in the WWE for the past two years, so he doesn't he doesn't have a John Cena type, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or The Rock, or John Cena, right. or somebody like that. I mean, and they're trying to make gender that guy as the heel, but it's not working. Um, Kevin Owens is a heel, but he's still upper mid card. He's not the you know not a main eventer right now. Yeah, and Shane McMahon, he's. Not a current full-time roster main eventer. Yeah, no. 
But uh, I mean, think about this it. This was your they, main event. They have too. They have, Raw has too many superstars. Yes, they do. They, I mean, let's you, just to name a few. They've got Miz, who used to be on SmackDown Live. Right. right? They've got Ambrose. They got Rollins. They got Roman Reigns. Right. Braun Strowman. Brock Lesnar. Right. John Cena before he just left. Right. Yep. I mean, there's too much. That, I mean, that's seven superstars right there. That like huge super, you know, superstar level. Like, uh, it's too many. You need to they balance that out again, right? Because they they did the superstar shakeup, but now it seems to shake it up to where Raw, because Raw was not. Maybe maybe that's what they were trying to do. Maybe that this is the intention. Like you said, Raw is now this predominant brand, but SmackDown Live has kind of lost some steam. Maybe that's what Vince wanted. You know, maybe it's like, oh, SmackDown can't be better than Raw. Raw's the flagship. Damn it. You yeah, know, and I, don't know. I could definitely see that happening because I mean Raw is the flagship, and in some ways you do need that superstar power for Raw because you got to sustain three hours exactly. So you know you got to be able to have enough superstars to get you through those three hours, but at the same time it's coming at the expense of SmackDown, you know, right? Um, Which is live every week, so you still got to give it its due, right? You know what I mean? Um, so Jinder Mahal wins, keeps the title, moving on. Uh, they did have a match after this, which, not in my opinion, wasn't the come down match. It came back up, actually. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I love both of these guys, first of all. Um, Bobby Roode came out to his glorious entrance, as he usually does. Dolph Ziggler has been imitating a lot of people coming out as a lot of different characters. He came out to his music, and then not even halfway down the ramp, everything shut off. This was cool. Uh, we were sitting here with our friend Chad last night. Um, and everything shut off. It was a cold entrance. No music. No lights. Nothing. Like the old style back in the 80s before theme music was even a thing, Jam and Jason. Yeah. Um, that was great. I don't know. Uh, did you you see? Did you, anybody have an opinion on this cold entrance? I missed it. Okay, so you didn't have... Yeah, see I missed it. it. I got to go back and see. I, I saw the match, but I missed the entrance. Okay. Ziggler. Jam and Jay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I thought it kind of fit in and... With what he's been doing, using everybody's entrance. Yeah, and the big event, no entrance. You know? Right. So it's pretty cool. And that's what he said. Cause I, I've got an entrance for you that's gonna blow all these other entrances away. And it was like nothing. It was cold. It was really cool. Uh, and this match was very decent. And there's still a lot more in the tank for the two of these to go against each other, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, now, the end spot, again, another finish that I loved. It was a roll-up, hold the tights, roll-up, hold the tights, roll-up, hold the tights. They kept rolling each other up and holding the tights. And then eventually, Bobby Roode was the one that got the one, two, three. Um, so there's still a lot of steam left in this. So it doesn't make either one of them look bad. No. Where, where's the feud going? Like, I'm not understanding where this is coming from. I don't know if this is meant to build Bobby Roode or to build back up Dolph Ziggler. I have to go with the first because they don't ever want to build Dolph Ziggler. They just don't ever do that. Right, because, I mean, it's like Ziggler's kind of, you know, taking on a stance about, like, oh, I know what you people want, you know, but, I mean, then he lost again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. One, one thing I was paying attention to was the crowd reaction. Yeah. Bobby Roode, after the, after the entrance, he yeah. always gets a good pop on the entrance. Sure. But after that, the crowd was really silent for him. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of cheering Dolph at times. I don't know if you heard the Let's Go Ziggler chants, but there was nothing really behind Bobby. It's funny you say that because I was just going to say, I'm not sold on Roode. I just like the entrance. Yeah. Roode would be a better heel. 
Honestly, yeah. I I think he would be a better. Candidate. Yeah, he should maybe player. that's it. Yeah, because I'm like when he his interest is great. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's it's good, but it's like yeah, once the bell rings, I'm just like okay. And they kind of have him face right now because everybody loved the theme music and they're singing the theme music and they're getting into the glorious chance. So the fans are behind him, so they don't have him heal right now, uh, but they they can turn him. But uh, he's just too popular. You know, well, the theme music's too yeah. popular, I should say. Same thing with Shinsuke. It's, the theme music's really popular, but then after that, you don't get it bell to bell. You're not getting their best. Then they can do it, both yeah. of them. Shinsuke, Bobby Roode, they can both do it. Um, but, I mean, it was a decent match. Uh, and I, I will say it again, it wasn't like a snoozer. You know what I'm saying? I could watch the match from beginning to end. It was 11 minutes. It was all right. Sure. Uh, let's get into the main event. The Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell match between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. They beat the video package to death um, with all of, you know, how they got to this match and how personal it was. Uh, great video package, but they beat it to death. Um, so before I even go into my, you know, Kevin Owens wins. Okay, this is what I kind of called that from the beginning, but I could never guess how they got there. So did both of you see the entire Hell in a Cell match? Yes. Okay. Um, let's start with Jamie and Jason. Don't, positives, negatives, likes, dislikes. This is a 39-minute match. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved pretty much every minute of it. I, Were you hooked all 39 minutes? I was very hooked, and I was very scared for Shane. You know, I his, was scared. His kids are here in the front row. I'm yeah. like, just please hang Yo, on, please. Shane was taking a beating. Yeah. Like, yes. He took a beating. I'm sorry, Jeremy. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Throw it in, boys. Yeah, no, no. He, he, like, I mean, he was just getting beat. I love the spot where, like, Kevin Owens, like, was dragging his face across the cage in front of his kids. Yeah. And then he started doing his little thing. A <laughs> <laughs> little Shane McMahon dance. Yeah, a little dance. Shane McMahon dance. Um, okay. I was really concerned about what was going to happen when they took it up to the top of the uh, cage. Yeah. Because I was like, you, I, I was like, all right, something big's got to happen because we ain't really had a huge spot yet. And right. we know Shane is, you know, the big spot guy. Right. So I'm like, something's got to happen up here. And I'm like, is this going to be like a Mick Foley thing where somebody going to go through the top of the cage? And they know? were doing plenty of bumps on top of that cage. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Backdrops yeah. and power bombs and yeah. body slams. It seemed like they were all staying to the right side of the cell on top at right. first. But then somebody, you know, cheated over to the other side but got off of it real quick. But yeah. I was like, somebody going through that other side. Yeah. You know, because and I think Corey Graves even said it during the commentary of the match. You can reinforce this thing a million times, but ain't nothing going to stop somebody from calling through that cage yeah. if they want to do it. And they keep calling the cage 20 feet from the ceiling to the floor. It looks a hell of a lot taller than 20 yeah, feet. Yeah, it does. Holy crap. I know yeah. 20 feet, and that ain't 20 feet. Right. Um. But so you were scared, but nothing ended up happening. Right. So uh, there was also a part, I think this might have been before, where Shane was on the tables and Owens was all the way up top. Right. Yeah. And he was kind of teasing, teasing it. it. Teasing yeah. it. And I was like, is Owens going to do it? But nah, he ain't, he ain't do it, though. He teased he jumping. He, che- yeah. he teased barrel rolling. Um, man, uh, and he didn't do it. And I didn't think he would. I don't think that they would let him take that risk with himself. Because if they're going to let anybody take a risk, it's going to be the guy that's not the main roster guy. And Shane is willing to do it. Right. They're not going to put Kevin Owens in that position because he's one of their main superstars. Now, this is the part I didn't like. Okay. That Shane essentially did the same bump that he did with uh, Undertaker yeah. from WrestleMania. I, I didn't care for that. I was like, when I saw him do it, I was like, but we just saw this like last year. Like there was no... A year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. 
Was it a year and a half ago already? Yeah, it was. I was because I watched it last yeah. night. So that was WrestleMania of uh, 2016. That was a year and a half ago. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So it's like you know we just saw this. So um, so it's just like ah like why repeat that like I don't know. I know I know Shane is a spot monkey for the big spots, but it's like you know either you go without it, it was a good enough match without having to do that. But yeah, that was that, that was the only part I ain't like. You like that, Jamie J? Did you like that spot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was all right, especially how it all ended up with Sami Zayn. So let's throw Sami Zayn's name yeah. in there. All this. right. So that's part I, I forgot about. That that was good. Yeah. Zayn getting involved. Yeah. Go ahead. And that was where, because the way they played the camera angle, you did not know he was there. No, I didn't know. Not at all. I didn't know until after the spot was over yeah. that they panned over to Sammy. Like, what the hell? And I looked at him like, wait, was he here the whole time? Like, yeah, like, where did he come from? Yeah. Like, and, like, what did he actually do? And then they showed the replay, and then it showed Kevin Owens trying to get up, but then Sami Zayn helping him off the table. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, yeah. that's cool. Because these two have been at each other all the way through NXT and WWE, and these guys have been documented best friends for 15 years and whatever, and Sami Zayn's been getting the crap kicked out of him by Kevin Owens on a consistent basis. So why, Sami, why? You know? Yeah. Now... He couldn't see his best friend get put through a table, even though they hate each other. That's what it is, man. But is that it, though? Or is this now? This might be the reason for the bump. So we're going to go back through the match in a minute. But as far as this bump goes, the Shane McMahon, you know, diving off, doing the elbow. He did it, and the Undertaker moved. That was the end of the spot. He did it here, so it is now Sami Zayn's fault that he missed, you know? So... This could go a lot of different ways. You know, what's happening between Sammy and Kevin? What's happening between Sammy and the McMahon family? What's happening with Sammy altogether? So they added this element, which was great. And then Sammy, you know, took a dead Kevin Owens and threw him on top of a dead Shane McMahon for the win. So no, everybody forgot the match was still going on except yeah, Sammy yeah, Zayn. Yeah, yeah. Sammy yeah. Zayn was the only one apparently on that camera. But uh, the, again, the camera work was great by the WWE officials um, and the tr- and everybody in the truck. I loved it. Um, because even though Shane took that bump before, it wasn't the same story. Right. So Shane used this story in a familiar way to move this storyline ahead. But God, you know, I wouldn't do that for my life. Holy crap! He. <laughs> and that's the thing. Is like, seriously. Yeah. It's it, it, and that's the other thing. Is like why I don't feel like Shane needs to keep risking. Like that is a risky bump. Yeah. Like. Like you don't like I I'm just like you don't have to do that. Like all right, it was it was WrestleMania, you did it for WrestleMania, like but Yeah, and that was the on, biggest man. crowd for the biggest WrestleMania exactly. and that's fine. But, but to do it ways. again on a hell in a cell pay per view, mm, yeah. yeah. Especially being so high up, your accuracy's off. You know, two feet off to the left or two feet yeah. off to the right. Yeah. You know, you, you You're could break screwed, your neck. man. Yeah. It's it's just too risky. I mean, and I thought most of everything that they did in that match was risky. I mean, they were using, you know, what was the one spot where Kevin Owen put the uh, the table uh, up against the corner of the cell, and he did a cannonball from the the apron to the through the table. How do you prepare for that? You right. can't. Yeah. You can't brace yourself for that. Um, so Shane McMahon got power bombed on the steps, the steel steps. How do you prepare for that? You just don't. Um, Wow. And everything on top of the cell. Like, I don't care how much you say you reinforce this thing, that something going wrong. Or you lose your footing and fall off. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you can't do that. But God bless them both for trying all that. 
And it kept me on the edge of my seat because I was just like, somebody going to get hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. For real, yeah, get man, hurt. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh. And then Kevin Owens wins, and then he gets carried out, and then Shane McMahon gets stretchered out just like he did at WrestleMania. Yeah. And just like at WrestleMania, he threw the thumbs up. So, and the first thing I said after that was, if he's out on SmackDown Live walking and dancing this week, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a fit. Because he went through this whole Hell in a Cell match with uh, The Undertaker, and he was out there the next night fighting yeah. for the company against his dad. Yeah. They seemed to forget that whole storyline with this is for the company or whatever. Right. But Shane came out, and he was actually walking and dancing. I'm like, how are you doing that after just getting carved out of WrestleMania the night before? Ugh. Shane McMahon is Super McMahon. Right. Super McMahon. So but, I, got a, I got a question for you. Go ahead. As a form, or former referee. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't the referee go up top? Ah. Pinfalls count anywhere. Why wasn't there a referee up top there ready to count the pins? Good call. Because uh, this has happened before where there's been, uh, with uh, Jericho and Triple H, there's been a pinfall uh, on top of the yeah. cell. Um, and they've done it before. So, first of all, Mike Chioda is so far out of shape that I don't think he could have made it up there. <laughs> no offense, I love Mike Chioda. He's a fantastic referee, but, man, if you look at him, he is pushing maximum density with that gut. I don't like a cherry picker or something. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, dude, he needs something to get up there. Because he was standing right where the climbing, and, and you could see it vividly through the cell, like where the holes were that somebody could climb. So the first time that they climbed up there, that was on the kind of like the right side. You saw the holes on the next to it. Like, well, somebody's going to have to climb up that, too. You know what I mean? But why didn't the referee go up there? Yeah, Falls could have counted anywhere. I think he should have. Yep. Because, and and he's done it before. He's been, I think he was the referee that was on top of the cell. But uh, he, he just, he's not in shape to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if the referee would have gone up there, then the referee would have had to come down. Yeah. So that would have taken away from the, the following spots. Right. Maybe that's why it happened. Now, I don't know. They didn't put the camera on the referee at all. Was he down there? Was he counting on the case? No, there was yeah. never a pinfall attempt or a submission attempt up there. Or they might have been concerned about all of the spots that they were doing up there and then having an extra body of mm. weight and what yeah. that could have done. This is true. Now, and, and, you know, Mike Kyoto is about 275 pounds now, so no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, but he, he, I love Mike Kyoto. He's just very out of shape. It's very sad. Um, this was a match. I think the two Hell in a Cell matches that bookended this whole Hell in a Cell pay-per-view made this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I mean, everything in the middle was, very, you know, decent to yeah. okay. But these two bookending Hell in a Cell matches were fantastic. We had, you know, a tag team match where they did a lot of stuff and a lot of different stuff in the, in the main event match, which wasn't even for a title. I think it was great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. What do you guys yeah, I mean, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the match overall. Like, I definitely enjoyed the match. Like I said, the only thing that I was I wasn't very fond of was a, you know him doing the same bump. I felt like it was risky. You know, probably could try something else. It was risky the first time. And yeah, it was risky, again. right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's like all right. It's like Mick Foley only got thrown off that Jerry Watts for a reason. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So so what now? Um, Kevin Owens wins. Shane McMahon loses. Shane hopefully off a of TV for a while, and Sami Zayn. Pulling Kevin Owens off. Why Sammy? Why? What do you think they're going to do? You you said it. You know, it's his best friend. You can't see him get put through this. You know, whatever the case may be. What do you think? Do you, do you think this is a heel turn for Sammy Zayn or just a push for Sammy Zayn? Was this whole match wrapped around that one spot? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I feel like Sammy Zayn's going to turn heel. I feel like he's going to join Kevin Owens. It's going to be kind of like a Chris Jericho Kevin Owens thing. Mm -hmm. Sammy's going to be like. Almost like his little lackey, so to speak. And, okay. and this is a way to get Sammy back into the spotlight. Because he's been kind of dry for yeah. a long time. Very. 
Um, you know, but he puts on great matches and he sells his ass off. Right, but but it's not getting him over as a face. So I feel like you you go this route, and maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah, get him some victories under his belt. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's what he needs. That's what he needs. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. I mean, you you don't know necessarily where this is going to go at this point, but. Listen to the commentators. You know, it was all about Shane, don't do this. Shane, your family. Shane, that. And then as soon as they put the camera on Sami Zayn, the focus was off of Shane taking this ridiculous risk. And it was all on Sami. The whole thing was just about Sami Zayn. Yeah. So it's interesting. These guys went through a 39-minute war. Um, they beat the hell out of each other. But, you know, the whole spot story was around Sami Zayn. So it's all about this development of this story, which Shane – could have done something different, probably, to help develop the story, not take that suicidal bump. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it, though. Yeah. I enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to TLC's in a couple of weeks, and that is a Raw brand pay-per-view, I do believe. Is that the last one before Survivor Series? I think so. I think the next one after that is Survivor Series. So, you know, in a couple of weeks on our podcast, we're going to be talking about TLC. Uh, also, uh, NXT, the War Games, is coming up soon. Oh, yeah. So uh, they're bringing back the War Games, old WCW double ring, double cage kind of thing. Haven't done it in a long, long time. Uh, a lot of those older matches were pretty good. Jamie Jason, I know you know that, but uh, yep. I tell you, uh, that's going to be interesting to see if it's a test to do on the NXT to bring it up to the main roster. I don't know, but I think it'll work better in a smaller environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah likely. Yeah. So we've been talking for a while. This has been a great podcast. We might not tack any interviews onto this one, but we're going to get some interviews onto the next one. Um, for 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 uh, to wrap this whole thing up, no mercy, hell in a cell. What do you got for us, uh, big ugly? To wrap it up. Um, final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. I mean, uh, two pretty good pay per views. Like I said, still got to go back and finish hell in a cell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's been pretty good. I feel like you know moving some storylines along. Um, I'm excited to see. Like I said, I'm 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 all raw right now, man. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of cooled on SmackDown. So you know, I watched Hell in the Cell last night. At the end of the day, I'm still like, eh. I'm just waiting for Raw. See what happens on that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, SmackDown got to do something for me to get me back in. Get me back into it. They need some major storylines, major superstars, because there's so much on Raw yeah. right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm a fickle guy. I'm, I am that fickle fan <laughs> that. We'll switch up in a minute. So you gotta you gotta keep my attention. Okay. Jam and Jason, what are your final thoughts on our podcast here today? I think, you know, the last couple of pay-per-views, even though there were some controversial decisions and vic- victories, I think overall just tons of great action, tons of hard-hitting great action. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, even though if you don't like every the way every storyline's going, it's still a great time to be a wrestling fan. It is. Yeah. It really is. There's a lot going on. Uh, Ultima Lucha Trace is happening. Uh, there's four parts. That's actually pretty good on Lucha Underground, on the L Ray Network. That's pretty good. GFW, uh, Global Force Wrestling. Eh, it's all right. I'm watching bits and pieces of it. They, they're doing okay. They got their big Bound for Glory major pay-per-view happening in the beginning of November. That's like their WrestleMania. And they're scheming on the network as well. Yes, they're looking into doing something uh, very much like the network to take all of their old stuff in there. W- wins and losses matter. I just want to say that. Okay. And this is coming out of nowhere, but what I'm saying Tangent. is... Tangent. Yeah. Just like we were just talking about with Sami Zayn and Jamie J said like he's got to get some wins. Yeah. you got to have wins for some credibility. It, it's made me think about Dolph Ziggler. Sure. And, like, you know, they want to give Dolph Ziggler this new gimmick and kind of, I guess, it, you know... A, a small push mm-hmm. he's got to get some wins man like 
we can't just keep going about this thing as if wins and losses don't matter just because this is entertainment, entertainment. sports entertainment right that's a part of the entertaining story you know what I'm saying and it's like and, and the thing is it's like I, I feel like WWE understands it when they want to understand it yeah. you know what I'm saying like when it comes to Roman Reigns Roman ain't losing yeah you know what I'm saying and why is that because you understand like He's got to be the big dog. And the only way he's right. the big dog is if he's winning. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, but then when it comes to other guys, like I've even heard Pritchard say, oh, like it doesn't matter, you know, on his podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yes, it does. But then when like it's Bray Wyatt, who's the eater of worlds, and he just loses all the time. Right. Like, it, it doesn't work anymore. A part of the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Wins and losses don't matter if it's not major storyline if it's like mid card matches pre-show matches wins and losses don't necessarily matter as much but when you get into these main event storylines wins and losses do matter braun Strowman lost to brock lesnar so that is a big deal no problem so you gotta you you gotta build them back up now Uh, like you said roman reigns ain't losing so you know and and roman reigns beat john cena you know at this point in john cena's career wins and losses don't necessarily matter he's been 15 16 time champion he's at the end of his career it don't really matter um but in certain cases it does so hopefully raw and smackdown take a cue from this and see um hey you know wins and losses matter put the right people over uh do if you're building make sure you're building the right way plus you gotta have a plan b in case guys get injured mm-hmm. you can't just do the whole gender thing like take a guy who's been squashed for six months and yeah. make him champion that's horrible not to be the dead horse but no you're right and wins that. and losses matter here too so him winning every time is showing him to be stronger than he actually is yeah right you know what i'm saying right and then it's taking people like shinsuke nakamura who should be stronger than he looks right now right. but he's on a losing streak. Well, he hasn't won the paper either no <laughs> that's horrible man so they're, they're destroying shinsuke it's it's sad but you know what? WWE has never had a good history with like Japanese wrestlers, so I, I shouldn't be shocked. Hey, man, Funaki is the number one announcer on the uh, the Japanese announce team. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. But anyway, we're going to take that and we're going to move uh, right, say right off into the sunset here. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been talking for a little the while. Go-home cue. The go home cue. Yeah, you were giving me the go home cue. You were sticking up some finger there. Hopefully it wasn't the middle finger because <laughs> I didn't see it. Um, you know, hey, it's been a great Columbus Day. You know, it's raining, but, you know, get out there and enjoy Columbus Day activities, whatever it is. And whenever you're listening to this, be sure to support your independent professional wrestling. Be sure to support Dirty Ugly Wrestling on all of our platforms. Follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And we're going to be coming back in just a few weeks with some more interviews, with some more results. And we're going to talk about some more pro wrestling and whatever else comes up. So I want to thank you, Big Ugly and Jam and Jason, for visiting my mansion today. We appreciate you. Chris Burns is still somewhere in the mansion, apparently trying to get out, from what I understand. Um, (laughs) And um, we are going to see you next time right here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. So we are going to count it down, as we usually do, and do our thing. Jamie Jason, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. And we will be back in just a few weeks. As we say, three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Wins matter.